Welcome to Building Conversations, a construction podcast powered by the STO Building Group. On today's episode, Senior Vice President of STO Building Group, Amy Winko, interviews three experts on the detention and corrections construction sector. Join Ajax Building Company's Jay Smith and Layton Construction's David Burton and Dave Wimpy to learn about what makes building correctional facilities and detention centers unique how the pandemic has impacted design, and what's next for the sector. Hi, and welcome to another episode of SEO Building Group's podcast, Building Conversations. My name is Amy Winko. I'm Senior Vice President of Operational Excellence and Strategic Planning here at SEO Building Group. And today, we are going to be exploring the corrections facility sector with a handful of experts from across our organization. Here with me today is Jay Smith, Vice President of Ajax Building Company, David Burton, Vice President of Layton Construction, and Dave Wimpy, Construction Manager at Layton Construction. Why don't we start off with a round of introductions. Jay, why don't we start with you? Thank you, Amy. Hey everybody, my name is Jay Smith. I'm Vice President of Ajax Building Company and uh, Ajax was founded in 1958 by my grandfather, Block Smith. And Ajax works primarily in the southeastern part of the United States. We work from uh, North Carolina down to Key West. Um, and so we work throughout these regions with several different city, counties and states and uh, happy to be here today. Great, thanks Jay. Uh, David Burton, let's move to you. David Burton, I'm Vice President with Layton's Justice Group. We are based out of Salt Lake City, have offices in Nashville and California, Hawaii, pretty much work throughout the United States. I've spent 35 years in the corrections industry and now trying to coordinate those efforts with Layton and the STO Building Group. Great, thanks. And uh, rounding out, Dave? Yeah, hello everybody. Um, I am a construction manager with Layton Construction. I've been with uh, or in the industry for 25 years. Uh, five of those years being in the corrections uh, side of the, of the construction field and currently overseeing construction on the new Utah State Correctional Facility. Wonderful. Great. So as we mentioned, our topic today is corrections facilities, and um, it is a unique sector. So we wanted to talk about why is it unique when it comes to construction from, from each of your perspectives. Um, Jay, let's start with you. What is uh, unique for public justice corrections construction? Well, first you think of the uh, the client that uh, is going to be in these facilities, so that makes it unique from the start. So planning, design, and construction starts there from day one. So knowledge of how these facilities need to be run and how they're, each of these cells is gonna be used is something that's really, really unique and having an experienced construction manager and general contractor is really tremendous to bring those lessons learned to the table. But one of the unique parts of this industry that I'd like to focus on is kind of the vendors. The vendors in this industry really have a tremendous impact on the success of a project. Cells are being designed and built more and more in a pre-manufactured setting. So having the relationship with the cells manufacturers, either a concrete or a steel prefab system is really important. And then there's the detention equipment contractors that are setting these things in place and also the security equipment vendors. So again, there's vendors throughout the country, but it's a very, very small uh, network and fraternity. And having that relationship is tremendous when you hire a contractor that they have that experience in those relationships. 
Great. David Burton, what about the design side and design team? What about your perspective on on selection of the design team? Similar to, to Jay's description in the design field, there's a select group of national design firms that have focused justice groups that work across the country. It's, it's critical to communicate with these agencies. You know, so much of our industry is relationship-driven, and these design firms with their focused justice groups work across the country. Geographically, the, the justice market is enormous and sometimes overwhelming. Just about every city, county, state needs a new facility, and trying to keep up with that market is crucial. And these design firms have offices all over the country. We're able to communicate with them, help build the relationships that we need. And, you know, often with those cities and states, they're still looking for local participation. So the the national firms are in the same position we are in trying to develop local relationships. And we can often help each other to get the key members to the team they'll take to be successful on all the projects, no matter where they're located. Okay, great. Thank you for that. So as construction experts in this sector, what are some of those elements that impact an owner's approach for the design and construction of a detention correctional facility? Jay, you had mentioned in your opening remarks about understanding from the owner side and the operational. So what are those drivers and have you seen those owner drivers evolve over time? Yes, as we were talking about earlier, the vendor market and how that's changed the design aspect. So, you know, for years, jails were built either as a CMU or a, you know, formed concrete standard. So it's a hardened facility as as Dave was just talking about. But that concept has become more and more difficult because of the labor shortage in all of construction. But specifically, when you're trying to put up a massive hardened facility, the shift is now towards more of a modular design, modular delivery. So we're trying to take the labor out of the field and has put as much of the labor in a manufactured setting so we can get those cells in a very quality fashion and then uh, have them dropped on the site and put in place while all the MEP systems are already installed. So that, that's kind of a major shift in the corrections world. One other thing that I might add to that, just in addition to what Jay and David stated was, you know, this type of construction is hardened construction. And so when you start thinking about that in elements of life safety, lessons learned, it's not like a typical construction project where you can easily jump in and modify things and and change it once you move along and get to a certain point in the construction phase of, of these types of projects. And so one of the things that I feel is, is critically important is just the lessons learned and being able to share that, um, whether it be from life safety um, and egress you know, types of requirements and then just purely the, the hardened construction type that it is, you're prohibited in many ways of, of doing things like you would on a typical project. So that's unique to this type of construction as well. Okay, and um, David Burton, how does it relate to the behavioral and mental health for these facilities? Just about every city, state, county is having issues these days because between boomers and the opioid epidemic, there's a lot of healthcare requirements, older inmates that require healthcare. The opioid epidemic is creating a need for a lot of mental health space. Uh, and the facilities these days are finding themselves short on that type of bed and just the uh, flexibility of space that's required to 
keep up with today's population between those two markets is causing grief with the design of future facilities. Thank you for that. And um, Dave Wimpy, in regards to the vendors and provided since they're limited, it seems there's more design assist in this area. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct with a, a limitation in the number of vendors and specialty contractors on corrections projects. It's one thing that helps the owners achieve competition in the bid market is to look at these vendors early on and bring them on in major areas as design assist partners in the project. And so that adds a lot of value to the project, helping the design team with just design reviews and also following you know market trends and all the current information that they have they're able to share that. And so partnering with them and a design assist criteria is really helpful to these projects as they come along. Okay, great. Um, so, you know, Ajax, Layton, part of the STO building group family. And what have you seen or will continue to see as benefits of working within this sector under the STO building group platform? Uh, David Burton, do you have some comments on that? Absolutely. The buying power has been uh, great for all firms within the STO building group. Between Layton's uh, Utah State Prison and, and Ajax's Lake facility and, and a few others in Florida, uh, we have over a billion dollars in Justice Mark under contract at this time. So, you know, certainly keeps the interest up with the restricted number of subcontractors and vendors, as, as uh, Jay and, and Dave have both spoken about. Uh, so just that buying power, that continued relationship, we're constantly in communication with what is a small world of corrections, subcontractors, vendors, suppliers. So big benefit in being with the STO Building Group. Okay. What about for you, Dave Wimpy? What are some of the benefits to the STO Building Group platform that you see? You know, I think just building more off of what David Burton stated, and that is just the shared resources. So there's really not a part of the country that we can't reach into and and even outside of the country that, you know, with these relationships that we have as a building team, we're able to share resources that we have, uh, not only just, you know, manpower and and things like that, but knowledge. Uh, We're able to share trends in the market and things that we see occurring in one market sector or region and share that across our companies and, and that is a benefit as well as these projects come to life. Okay, and I could see the sharing of lessons learned and trend from, from one group to the next would be high value as well. Jay, what about from a geographic perspective? Immediately with Layton's office in Tennessee, it, it opened that opportunity for the two of us to come together, being in the Southeast, having the vendor and relationships in that market, that's a, a natural place that uh, we've started working together and, and working with clients in that area to assist them. It's a, it's a great opportunity in the state of Tennessee. And then with Texas being such a large area uh, and a growth state, we have Structure and Southwest, which has been in Texas for several years, and they have built an excellent reputation, but primarily in the private sector. So with uh, Leighton and Ajax's experience in the corrections attention world, judicial world, uh, we're able to come and work together with their relationships, local subcontractor relationships, their, their manpower in place there. It's a natural spot for all of us to combine for all three of our teams. And, you know, and building upon what David and Dave just indicated, you know, great opportunity for my team is to go out to, you know, Utah and see the facility that Dave Wimpy and his team are building right now. So we can go out there 
and see what Utah is doing specifically. So we can take those lessons learned, bring them back to the Southeast and, and talk about that. And so we are just now really putting our arms around how, how the two of us are, are really maximizing uh, the strengths of both firms. So it's, it's been great. Great. So with that collaboration on these type of projects, uh, have there been efforts, Jay, on you know, vendors? I mean, you've, you've mentioned some specific kind of vendors and you know, niche areas. What about collaboration on that side? We we have a call every you know every other week as a group. Amy, you know you're you're part of that team call that we do in coordination with each other. You know we're learning. We have a lot of shared relationships, but there's also a lot of relationships that were unique to our geographic market. And those vendors are interested in going either east or west. And so David Burton and I have been sharing information. We're doing those calls with those individuals. As an example, my team just flew up to the Dakotas to see one of the plants with a relationship that Leighton and David Burton has to really see some unique things that are being done. And again, that relationship and that introduction from Leighton really opened that door. So that's just a great example of immediate impact with our, you know, we have two major facilities that are about to be bid. Um, and so getting out ahead and getting new vendors to the table, it just adds value to our clients. Great. And David Burton, what about same kind of collaboration, but with design teams? Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, as I mentioned earlier, the national firms that have the focused justice market groups, they still work in multiple office. And uh, each of us, you know, we all do in every company and and, uh, vendor we work with have our go-to connection. And what we found is with these national firms, you know, I've got my go-to guys, well, they may not be the same guys that Jay is uses as his go-to. So we've we've actually been able to strengthen our relationship with these national firms by exchanging information, helping improve leads by things that we'll hear from each of our contacts and share with each other. And then there's small local firms. Uh, there's a couple of jobs that we're chasing up in uh, Idaho and in the Washington area that were straight up leads from Jay that is a firm that he was working with in the Florida market. And they just happened to work up in those areas and, and we put them in contact with our Boise office and we're, we're chasing projects that, that were leads from directly from Jay's introduction. That's fantastic. Hopefully they'll lead to big wins as well. There you go. David Wimpy switching courses a little bit in regards to COVID-19. So has COVID-19 impacted the owners and designers approach for these type of facilities? I mean, we hear about it frequently in other markets, but are you seeing that? And, and if you are, what kind of impacts are being affected? Sure. You know, first of all, I think all of us have been affected by COVID-19 and, and we've all learned different things that have been able to get us through it. One of those items is just technology. And as technology continues to advance, the ability to do or introduce more video visitation, telehealth, virtual medicine. You know, I think that that will continue to grow and, and be even more widely used because it reduces the resources and time for officers to transport and, and move inmates. And so I think probably one of, the, one of the greatest benefits that I've seen coming out of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic is just the use of the technology and understanding that we truly can use technology more so than we did prior to. Uh, the pandemic. And so I think that's been uh, something that's been beneficial and and that we'll continue to see even more uh, use in the industry. Agreed. David Burton, anything to add to that? 
Yes, uh, I've talked with several sheriffs around the country and, and, you know, these county facilities and smaller facilities, you know, due to COVID, if there was a reason to turn someone out, they did. And, and of course, the uh, easier population to turn out is the less serious security issue. Uh, so what's happened in a lot of these places is they found themselves in a disproportionate amount of high security population which doesn't allow them to maximize their dorm space. So where they may have the right bed count, they don't have the type, the right type of bed count. You know, and again, because of COVID, when they can to help with their distancing and, and controlling the crowd or population, they turned out lesser crimes and now have this disproportionate amount of population. And again, it, it just causes a problem to maximize their dorm space, uh, the low security spaces. And I've talked to uh, several counties and city facilities that are having this problem because of COVID. Hmm. Interesting. So I guess we're nearing the end here. We've just talked about a variety of different impacts, coming together, collaboration, owners. What's next for the correction sector? What do you see? David Burton, let's start with you. Final thoughts on the future here? Yeah, I think where we're headed is a lot to do with what I just talked about with the uh, uh, shift in disproportionate high security population between the boomer and opioid problem that's creating a lot of health care and, and mental health issues. I truly think that clients, owners, agencies, designers, and contractors are going to have to come together and, and come up with a true best value solution to be more flexible space uh, because, again, the shift with COVID to the higher proportionate, high security facility, which doesn't let you maximize your, your open dorm space, maybe you go to eight-man cell. You know, I don't know what the actual solutions are uh, and what works best, but I think we have to come up with more flexible, secure space that can more easily be used for multiple purposes between, you know, max security, mental health, healthcare. We're going to have to design and build facilities that have more flexibility in their use to give the agencies a consistent population growth use of their complete facility. Okay, thank you, uh, David Wimpy. What about your thoughts? Yeah, sure. I can I can build the, off of what David Burton was saying. I think one of the uh, additional items that we'll continue to see is uh, increases in programming space and in inmate inmate rehabilitation. That kind of goes hand in hand with the flexibility that David Burton was talking about. And so, you know, we're seeing out on the Utah State Correctional Project just increases in in daylighting, uh, more colors, you know, and, and and more of a trend towards rehabilitation which I think will be something that we'll continue to see more of in the future, along with the advancements in technology and, and becoming more efficient, you know, operationally for these officers and, and inmates alike. So I think we'll just continue to see more of that trend towards rehab and flexibility. Yeah, I was um, had the opportunity to tour the Utah prison facility last week, actually. And, I mean, it is beautiful. The colors that you're talking about, so I can very much see 
the the rehabilitation psychology, I guess, around the colors and construction and and the quality is just top notch. I mean, really amazing project. Sure, and and some of the views too, with the daylighting and the windows, it just, you know, I think from a mental health perspective, which is something that's talked about very often, um, it's just there's a lot to help inmates uh, recover and, and stay, you know, mentally healthy. Right. Not often a prison is described as beautiful. We'll <laughs> no, take it. Well, from a design and construction perspective, I'll, I'll put it that way. And Jay, what about for you? What are your thoughts on what's next? Yeah, we've we've all indicated the change in the the change in the marketplace specifically. You know, the vendor relationships are so important because the the market is shrinking from the vendor standpoint. And then on the on the owner's standpoint, the counties and the state are all facing similar issues. One, the population percentages has changed a lot over the years. There's a lot of female population that original facilities were not built with that in mind. And so a lot of the facilities are having to modernize and, and expand to take note of that. The security enhancements, it's getting more and more difficult for counties and states to hire security officers. So making sure that the, the design of these facilities is, is taking that into account so they can use less direct supervision, which is uh, more and more unique and more difficult. And then we've talked about it over and over again. It, it's the mental health, the mental and behavioral and medical health. Every community around the country is facing a mental health issue. So what does a county or state do with those inmates when they get into the, in a county facility? And then on a statewide facility, they, you know, we're, we're currently in the design phase of a first of its kind in, in the Southeast and first for sure for the state of Florida. We're doing a major project with the Florida Department of Corrections on the Lake Mental Health Facility. So it is gonna be the first standalone mental health specific facility. So the design is completely different as Dave Wimpy was just talking about the design and, and the feel of the facility. They, they want it to be different because we need to treat these patients and inmates different than we, we do with, this, with the general population. So it's really interesting to see. It's, it's exciting to be a part of that project and, and be a part of Layton's success of what they're doing with their new facility in Utah. So we can kind of really come together on those lessons learned and and help our, you know, our, our owners and our clients out with what each state is doing because everyone's trying to figure this out. And as David Burton indicated, you know, we've got to come together as an industry from the AEC world and, and the owner's world to really work together. So we're excited uh, here in a few weeks, Ajax and Layton will be working together at the ACA conference up in Nashville, Tennessee. So. The two of us will both be there for the first time and underneath the shared brand of STO Building Group, Ajax and Layton. So we're excited to see all of our friends at the conference to get to also meet a bunch of new vendors and friends as well as we continue to grow and, and expand. And again, we keep saying it, but it, it's, it is, it's about adding value. And so that's what this uh, new team of Ajax and Layton are really providing as a new, new door is being opened. Excellent. Yeah, the collaboration and partnership that you've all been sharing with me, not only today, but in the calls that we have on, you know, strategically discussing the network, you know, your individual networks and broadening that and education, uh, sharing of vendors and conferences has really been tremendous to see the internal partnership and the strength of that. And it's been exciting to see how that has been evolving 
for STO Building Group. This has been such an interesting conversation with all of you today, and it's wonderful to hear your insights, not only about the challenges and the thoughts that you have on the corrections facilities, what you've seen evolve, and where you see this market sector going in the future. So I wanna thank you very much for your time today. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Be healthy and be safe, and I look forward to talking with you again. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Building Conversations. For more episodes like this, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the Structure Tone website.